Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Cincinnati, third and three with four minutes to go. This one's going to be crazy, Mike. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue, High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. As always, I'm joined by the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, what do you think of this game tied up 24-24? The defense has not done Bridgewater justice. Uh, so far this year, he's kind of carried them on their backs, and it looks like he's going to have to do it again. Yeah, uh, I've been watching it. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Louisville uh, football this year, and uh, the defense, uh, they just don't hold up, it, it seems like, Scott. Uh, but, you know, I really uh, I felt like that this would be a very close game, and uh, now we're going to find out uh, what Louisville's about. We're going to find out what Cincinnati's about. I mean, let's face it, coming into this game, Cincinnati's a very good team. So, uh, you know, what? 
we're going to find out what you eat. each one of them uh, is really all about. Uh, Cincinnati has the ball right around the 30, uh, second down and about eight. Teddy Bridgewater is trending on Twitter right now. You can find us on Twitter at Red Blue Radio, the Fat Tire Inbox, Red Blue Radio at gmail.com. It is the Halloween edition of Red vs. Blue. My wife loves the scary shows. She watches all the ghost adventures. We did uh, watch The Possession the other day. Pretty scary, Mike. Uh, not bad. Uh, and we want to see Sinister. That sounds like a pretty good one as well. Yeah. So happy Halloween to all the trick-or-treaters. When we take the kids out trick-or-treating, we do get half. We take half. It's kind of like teaching them about the tax code. Uh, that's kind of just the way it goes. But three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. I'm Scott Atkins, hosted uh, with Michael Trent. We are here live at Red vs. Blue, the bunker, smack dab in the middle, Naptown, Indiana, Indianapolis. And uh, this is week eight in the National Football League. Great to be here, Mikey. This should be the highest scoring week of the year. We have so many big-time matchups. Look at these things. The Jags, Packers, Falcons, Eagles, Colts. Titans, Giants, Cowboys, and the Saints, Broncos. It's going to be a fantasy fest this Sunday, yep. Mike. And it already got started on Thursday well, with the Bucks and the Vikings. And we didn't think it would be, but it was. Yeah, you know, uh, that's what I was going to bring up, Scott. Uh, you know, that was uh, that was pretty quick, uh, pretty quick uh, firepower there with uh, Doug Martin. Uh, you know, he showed up again, uh, as, as he does. Uh, and the parody in the NFL just continues to amaze me. You know, I didn't. I really didn't think that uh, Tampa would uh, go into Minnesota and win the game, uh, but they didn't just win the game. I mean, they they dominated really. And you know, guys like Doug Martin, Mike Williams. I mean, he. I mean, he showed up uh, on the other side of the football. Adrian Peterson, uh, Percy Harvin, another touchdown. I mean, how many weeks in a row has he gotten a touchdown? So. You're right. There's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for fantasy owners to get their scoring going uh, this week. We are. We definitely have to talk about Doug Martin, the rookie. For those of you that drafted him in Vegas, I applaud you. Yeah. I wanted him. I, I thought I was going to have to pay a second round price to get him. I was at the one seven and the one eight in Vegas for two of my big drafts, and he didn't make it back to either Mike at that second round pick. So if that tells you. Everybody kind of knew what we were looking at with Doug Martin. You can see a picture of him there on the show page. The only thing smaller than Doug Martin is his mustache, thanks to Ali Fontana on that one. Too funny. But, uh, yeah, he played, like a, he played like a beast. He is in the lead, in my opinion, for the offensive rookie of the year. I know you got uh, Ro- uh, Robert Griffin there, Mike. Uh, you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to take a really hard look at it to beat Robert Griffin. But Doug Martin definitely took a step forward in that race in uh, what you looks know, to be a, a three-person race right now with the two quarterbacks and now Doug Martin. It does, Scott. And what's kind of interesting is uh, going into the season, I think the uh, I think there was kind of it was a three-head race basically. It was Doug Martin, uh, RG3, and uh, Wilson, David Wilson, and Wilson has kind of fallen off the map. But uh, you know, I mean, Doug Martin, I mean, he is become a beast and he he just carries the ball that when they need something inside the red zone they're going to give it to him even if it's not in the red zone Doug Martin's going to be your guy and it's been it's kind of fun to watch him play 3473245404 is the number it's raining hard in Louisville 2424 tied up Louisville Cincinnati Louisville's trying to extend its undefeated streak and we'll have to see if they can do it here tonight uh against this uh this Moochie uh, quarterback for Cincinnati. Did you notice that the tight end for Cincinnati is Kelsey? You know, uh, yeah. they had a great tight end themselves, Brent Selleck, C-E-L-E-K. This one is Kelsey, K-E-L-C-E. That's enough to put him on my fantasy radar in Dynasty League. So go ahead and watch this kid. He he looks like he's a pretty good actor. Oh, oh, he, he just had a drop right there. He looked good all night. But it is a wet. It is kind of wet out there, kind of rainy. It's a, It's hard to hold on to those. So we will give him a pass tonight, but just uh, keep an eye on him. I, I watched Brent Selleck in games like this in college, and sure enough, he became a nice fantasy dynasty keeper um, <coughs> eventually. So let's take a look well, at the matchup. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of tight ends, you know, it seems like uh, there's a lot of tight ends in the uh, NFL that are continuing to, uh, you know, uh, gravitate and uh, take hold. Uh 
What do you think about the situation in New England? I I, I, I want to start out there real quick. Uh, All righty, missed the field goal, Mikey. It's a tie ball game. Louisville has the ball, 235 left. Uh, And then we're scrolling right there on the bottom of the screen. Let's talk about it. Saints tight end Jimmy Graham, questionable against uh, the Broncos there in that shootout, Mike. What was your question? Yeah, you know, I'm just, I was, well, that that really stinks because I got the over 52 in this game, so I needed some points there, but maybe we'll go to overtime. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, New England, uh, you know, I got Gronkowski in uh, in a couple of the leagues, and uh, it just uh, seems like that uh, he continues to be the play. Uh, Gresham in uh, Cincinnati, there's a lot of tight ends that continue to, uh, you know, come to the forefront. I know Jimmy Graham's out, but, uh, you know, what, what's your take, Scott, on uh, starting two tight ends uh, all the time? Because I did it last week, and it's the first time I've done it, and it ended up being a pretty good pretty good idea. No, I'd start three. I'd start four if I could. It doesn't really matter. In one league I have, uh, it's, not a, it's a hyperactive dynasty league uh, hosted by Ryan McDowell, a uh, great contributor to Twitter and Dynasty content. I have Jimmy Graham, Brent Selleck, uh, Tony Gonzalez, and I picked up uh, Jacob Tammy off the waiver. Go! Oh, he's going! He's going! Score! 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 That's my over, baby! Cardinals with a minute 56 left take the lead against Cincinnati. Running That's the under- over. baby. That is nice. Devontae Parker, 64-yard touchdown reception. You can watch this game on ESPN. While you're listening to Red vs. Blue, just turn the audio down. You can have the best of both worlds. Okay, Mike, we've got a lot to cover here. People want to know what to do with their teams. I want to know what to do with my team. Uh, It's going to be, again, a shootout this week in Week 8. We have the injury to Trent Richardson. He's a guy that you really can't trust this week. Eight carries, eight yards last week. It's it's it, I, as a Richardson owner in several several leagues and in Kentucky with our friend Eric Baltman, I, I I tell you I would rather him be out and just sit out for a couple of weeks rather than him being in the game and starting and not knowing if you can trust him. That way, you know, the, at least the Ontario Hardesty owners can play him if he plays. He's kind of questionable too and dinged up, but but at least as a Richardson owner, I can put in a different player so I don't have to be faced with that. So hopefully that's what happens there. Mike Jordy Nelson, another. Uh, another day of not practicing. Again, this is a situation they're calling a game-time decision if he can practice. This automatically inflates the stock of James Jones and Randall Cobb. They were already must-starts in your fantasy lineup. But now you have the options of maybe even picking up a Donald Driver off the waiver wire or even a uh, putting back in and restoring a little bit of confidence in Jermichael Finley. Look, that's one less mouth to feed in Green Bay, and you know – that Aaron Rodgers is going to feast on the Jacksonville defense. So, Mikey, Jordy Nelson out. We, we we hate that for the Jordy owners out there. But for Randall Cobb owners, it's been good. For James Jones owners, for you guys, you're feeling great. Yeah. And it's just another opportunity for Green Bay. Yeah, it's kind of funny, Scott, because I uh, I had a I had a real decision to make between, uh, honestly, uh, James Jones and Michael Turner. Uh, I was kind of wrestling uh, on which one to start uh, in a league, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I was I had Jones, you know, I had him inserted, and, but the back of my mind, I'm going, oh, what about Michael Turner? I might want to try this, uh, but uh, now with uh, Jordy Nelson, I don't know is is Jordy Nelson definitely out for this week? Are you sure about that? I didn't. Yeah, like I said, game time decision. And so he, he okay. has not practiced in a couple of days. He's going to test it out on Sunday. If he can go, if he can go, he'll go. But you will know it's a 1 o'clock game, so you will be able to put in your other options. Uh, I did not uh, say he's out. He is a dreaded game-time decision. But, again, if you can't practice, you can't play in my book. And this is a game that they don't really have to risk doing yeah. enough playing the Jaguars. So I would expect him to rest. for goodness sake. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. And the one thing about it, and Scott, I, I was listening to uh, Aaron Rodgers talking this week uh, about uh, Randall Cobb. I mean, they're really starting to uh, find a tempo, a rhythm, uh, and 
you know, I mean, this guy, I mean, he may be really legit in the NFL as far as a long-term receiver. And I never really thought that it would uh, happen that way for Randall Cobb, but I'm glad it is. But, I mean, he, he may be legit. Yeah, and I, uh, I I tell you what, Randall Cobb is one of those guys. I saw it noted in the high-stakes fantasy football hours. Somebody put in there that uh, Randall Cobb is Percy Harvin part two, and I, I totally agree with that. They just have all the same similar skill sets. They can beat you in any way. And eventually they become the offense of the team because you, I've never seen a player actually shut down Percy Harvin. That's, that's something you just can't do because of the way they use him in the offense, and they use Randall Cobb in that same similar fashion. So, Again, we're waiting on a couple of people to fill. Oh, and Cincinnati comes down and scores with a minute to go, just like that. Tied it up, 31-31. Mike, you got your over and then some. And now Teddy Bridgewater gets one minute and three seconds to drive them down the field and potentially get them in winning field goal position. Man, that's a bummer. Dang it. Uh, I want to go ahead and disagree with my uh, friend here in crime, Eric Baltman. Again, I'll I'll, I'll reference Eric and his High Stakes Fantasy Hour show. He said something about keeping Greg Jennings. I totally disagree with that move. As a High Stakes Fantasy player, you look at the short season, you look at the roster spot that you need, and they're talking about him being out until, if you're lucky, middle of the playoffs. I say cut him. Totally disagree with that. You don't get much benefit, definitely. And if he does come back, Cobb is still going to get the ball. Jordy's still going to get the ball. Jenny's going to have to fight for his place back in there, and he's not going to be 100% healthy in his first time back. I would cut him. Give yourself the roster spot. Let somebody else bid their bid dollars and get him if they're desperate and they want to hang on to him for five weeks. You'll be lucky to be around in five weeks anyway and uh, use that roster spot for somebody that can help you. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I I kind of agree with you, Scott. Uh, I, of course, a lot of people think that I'm totally agreeing with you all the time, which I don't. But uh, in this situation, uh, definitely, especially with the emergence of Cobb, you know, there's there's no uh, sense of urgency to get Jennings there. I mean, what what kind of sense of urgency do they have to get Jennings there when you got Cobb playing the way he is, uh, and and the rest of the wide receiver. I mean, I just don't see it. So uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't roster uh, Jennings right now. No way. No. All right. So then we we're gonna take a look at some other situations. Tanner looks like a start in Dallas this week. That's something you have to keep your eye on as well because Demarco Murray is out, and it doesn't look like Felix Jones is a reliable option here. This was my running back to bench this week. Felix Jones didn't practice. And after missing Wednesday's session, I'm sorry, he did practice in a limited fashion. He's wearing a brace on the left knee, but with Murray out, he carried 15 times for only 44 yards. That's less than three yards per carry against Carolina, Mike, who's the fourth worst team against running backs in the league. This Sunday, it gets a lot tougher for Felix. They're facing off against that monstrous giant front four, who you know are looking for week one revenge. Look, Mike, it's hard to bet the starting running back in the league at this time of the year. But with the knee injury, his ineffectiveness, and, and let's not forget about the Philip Tanner kid who, granted, didn't look much better, but he's a hometown Dallas native. He's been getting the first team reps in practice. I'd look elsewhere this week if I was a Felix Jones owner. Yeah. Uh, first off, I would not take anybody on Dallas. And I'm going to say that as a Cowboy fan, I will not take anybody on Dallas. Uh, the Giants are on a mission. Uh, they have some revenge in the back of their mind. Uh, from what happened in week one, and yes. you know, I don't, I don't think that Tanner is going to be uh, that successful uh, against the Giants' defense. I just don't. I don't see Romo being that successful. I don't see Des Bryant. Uh, I, I don't know. This week, uh, it kind of stinks to me because I really, uh, I like the Giants in this game. And being a Cowboy fan, I hate to say that, but I really like the Giants, even though Bradshaw. Let's talk about Ahmad Bradshaw. I mean, he might be a game-time decision, but he'll probably play. But it's a it's oh. stink to a Cowboy fan. I know he dropped. Oh, what a drop, man. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is trending uh, worldwide now. We've got uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 23 of 40, 403 yards, two touchdowns. Not a, not a real efficient game for Teddy, but, again, he's getting it done 400 yards 
and he's usually a guy that'll go 26 of 29 or 25 of 28. He's oh, just hell. that type of efficient quarterback. But the, the receivers have been dropping a lot of balls. It's very wet. It's been pouring down rain all game. Let's talk about a quarterback to start this week, Mike, that maybe you might not be wanting, usually starting, but this week you should. This one for me is about the numbers. And Sam Bradford is a top option for me this week. The Patriots made Mark Sanchez look good last week, Mike. New England gives up the Anybody second most fantasy Mark points Sanchez to quarterbacks, the ninth most points to wide receivers. Look at this, the third most points to tight ends. The fact that Bradford spreads it around so much makes him the only surefire starter on the team. Last week, seven players had three targets or more. So while Bradford is the safe play over in a – in London, we don't know if it's going to be Gibson, Givens, or Steve Smith, or hell, even the tight end Kendricks, who led all players in passing snaps last week. So Bradford, to me, Mike, looks like a must start and a virtual lock for about 270, maybe two, three touchdowns. He joins elite status for week eight. Right. Uh, I like I like Bradford. I've liked Bradford, actually, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think Fisher has this uh, St. Louis Rams team uh, – Going in the right direction, he really does. Uh, there's, I mean, honestly, uh, the over and under is 47. There's going to be points scored in that game. Uh, St. Louis is going to give it up, but they're going to they're going to get some themselves. Uh, so I, I really expect that. Uh, I, I think that that would work out just fine. Uh, one uh, one matchup that I'm kind of looking at is uh, I really think an emergence of Michael Vick may happen this week. Uh, the the Michael Vick emergence again may happen, uh, even though it's against a tough Atlanta defense, a tough Atlanta team. But uh, I would uh, kind of keep an eye on Michael Vick this week. Well, there you go. There's Mikey's uh, pick. If you were waiting on it, that's uh, his quarterback to start. Michael Vick, mine. Sam Bradford, quarterback to bench this week. <clears throat> the quarterback is a very important uh, position. And in Week Five, here on Red versus Blue and in Las Vegas Radio. I gave Cam Newton out as a bench against the tough Seattle defense, and he responded with only 140 yards and no touchdowns. Now, this week, he faces the Bears, who are equally as good as the Hawks. They're third and fourth, respectively, against opposing quarterbacks. So I'm returning to the well this week, so to speak, Mike, and I'm advising all the red versus blue faithful to bench Cam Newton. Look, I know Halloween is right around the corner. The Bears have been so good against the pass, Mikey. It is scary. 14 interceptions. This season, only six touchdowns allowed, racking up 21 sacks. Now, Cam Newton, we know, is going to run the ball. He averages 45 yards a game, so he'll rack up a few, but it's just not a top 10 option this week. So put him on the bench in favor of somebody like Bradford, Luck, or even Carson Palmer versus the Chiefs. That's my bench, Mikey. What do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I can see that. Uh, I, but he's ready for a breakout game. So I, I – I don't know if I would do that or not, Scott. You know, I mean, uh, who's your options? You got Cam Newton and uh, who else? I said, I said bench Cam Newton. Well, I would. Uh, I personally, I'm, I'm going to take the same game and I'm going to bench Jay Cutler. Uh, <coughs> the reason being is uh, the run. I, I think they'll be able to run the ball effectively enough to where uh, hopefully uh, Jay won't need to pass. You know, you got to remember uh, this. This Chicago Bears team is probably one of the best teams in the NFC right now, and it's hard for me to fathom that. But uh, they are. I mean, they're doing all the things. Uh, but I do not. Uh, I, I would bench Jay Cutler if, say, you have a uh, Jay Cutler and a uh, Brandon Whedon. I mean, would you go Whedon or Cutler? Um, Cutler. I What's do like really? Wheaton. I think he has a couple of good matchups. He's actually a pretty productive quarterback. But to me, I'd still put uh, I'd still put Jay Cutler in there, and he has uh, he has the offensive power to uh, to get things done. And uh, that's just uh, that's what I do. Now, let's move on to the running back position. Who to start, Mikey? Uh, <clears throat> again, this is a court, this is a running back that maybe not every week you would start, but you would this week. And I say it every week during the buys, if you have options of running back, you're lucky, and most of us are forced at this point to start we have. But in Pittsburgh, Dwyer gets another start with Mindy and Redmond not practicing for the second, uh, you know, for all this week. So 
We've got to watch the Sunday news, but I believe that they're both going to be sitting again. Dwyer's a must-start for fantasy players. He was involved in 46 snaps against a tough Bengal defense. And as I watched the game, Mike, he really wore him down as the game went on. He looked stronger at the end. And 17 carries, 122 yards, that's seven yards a carry. The offensive line did a really nice job against that Bengal front line. And I also – I'd also look if, if you know these are PPR leagues, Mike. And Green Bay, don't discount Alex Green just yet. Twenty carries for thirty-five yards against the Rams. I, I know it's not impressive, but he was involved in the passing game. Four catches, twenty-nine yards. That's equivalent to another seventy yards rushing. So this week they get a much nicer matchup as he faces off against the third worst team in the against the run and the, against running backs, and that's Jacksonville. So I'm going to give you two, Mike Dwyer and Alex Green. I think you put them both in. Well, I, I love Dwyer. I mean, I really do. Yeah, especially if uh, Mendenhall and uh, Redmond, I mean, if those guys are out, you know, I love Dwyer. Uh, I started him last week in a couple of uh, leagues. And uh, going back to what you said about Cincinnati defense, Cincinnati defense is not that good. It's not that good at all. Uh, but I, I do love Dwyer. Uh, and who is your other one? Um, Alex Green. Yeah, I, I do not Alex, I, I do not like Alex Green, none whatsoever. Uh, he's kind of fallen uh, fallen from grace a little bit uh, with uh, Coach McCarthy. McCarthy has uh, not had enough of him. So, you know, I, I, I I'm I'm all about uh, I'm not about Alex Green, but uh, I do love Jonathan Dwyer this week. Another one that I had picked for you guys was. And I tweeted it up on uh, on Thursday, but Vic Ballard, he, I expected him to have a huge week this week. You got to watch the, the the news here because Donald Brown is is back practicing, had a full couple days of practice, but it it sounds like they are going to announce this on Sunday. Uh, I think that Vic Ballard, though, if Donald Brown sits, I think Vic Ballard should be started over some of the other proven veterans like Michael Turner, Marshawn Lynch, and even Stephen Jackson. Mike, last week Ballard put up a hundred yards. On 21 touches against the Browns, it was a committee pr- approach with, uh, you know, DeLone Carter spelling every once in a while with 11 touches. Moelle Moore had three. But, look, the Colts trust this kid with pass protection, uh, too. Uh, he totaled 42 total snaps to Carter's 19. And when you look at their matchup, the Titans are second worst in the league at giving up points to running backs. Uh, and I don't want to get too stat crazy, but, look, Ballard should have no problem notching up at least another 100-yard day. And, and look for him to notch his first NFL touchdown this week for the Colts. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not that high on Ballard either. Uh, you know, I, I just don't. Uh, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee's kind of on a run here, Scott. And you know, they're not the best team in the NFL, obviously, but there's so much parity in the NFL. But I think they're starting to gain some momentum. Uh, they're gaining momentum from the offense, which uh, you know it resonates to the defense. Let's face it. And yeah. I really think that. Uh, I, I think that Tennessee is going to uh, gain that momentum, and uh, I, I don't care for uh, Ballard much at all. Yes! There's, there's not many running backs that when I look when I look at the board, uh, there's interception by the Cardinals. Interception really, uh, in overtime. Uh, the Cardinals just picked off the Bearcats. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm watching it. Sorry. All right, well, really Mike, good. let's move on then. Uh, you know, again, it is. It is very hard to uh, bench running backs like we talked about, but if you have options, hey, it, it's nice to have them at this time of year. So go ahead and get your running backs in the lineup. They're the ones that are going to get the touches for you. Now, at wide receiver. important are running backs right now? They become more important as the year goes on, Mike, especially with weather conditions, rain and cold weather. Uh, it, it always becomes important to have a guy that touches the ball 20 times in a game. Now, not you know, not a guy that's only going to get you Nobody, 10 touches, but a, but a guy that's going to get you 20, 25 touches in a game is huge, and you don't have to count on the touchdown. Just like Eric was talking about in the show last hour, you know, James Jones, he gets the touchdowns. Well, if you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you could do that. But if, you, if you're a guy that's, you know, a St. Louis wide receiver – you're not guaranteed a touchdown, and especially when there's three or four wide receivers out there, you're you're crossing your fingers and you're praying. You know, uh, I, it's not yeah. a decision for me to start a, a guy like Vic Ballard over a Chris Givens. You know, it's just no okay. comparison for me. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, I'm I'm really having a hard time, and maybe uh, somebody can uh, tweet in, uh, 
you know, uh, check in with me and uh, correct me here, but I'm, I'm I'm really having a hard time on a running back that touches the ball 20 times a game. I don't know well, who I it just, is. I just gave you one. Ballard had 21 touches against the Browns. Um, and well, I, how I, many, how many fans I gave you Alex Green. Alex Green had 20 carries, and he had another uh, he had another four catches. Okay, well, uh, how many fantasy points did they get, and what did they what will they get moving forward? Probably not much. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they you need to you need to have the touchdown. You need to get a couple of receptions in these leagues to to really compete. But uh, that's it, man. Uh, running backs again uh, at this time of year, you'll you'll start to watch the running backs continue to get more carries as it gets colder, it gets more physical. And, and as the weather conditions persist in the NFL, it's always nice to be heading into December with some running backs that we can carry the load. Just watch. It happens every year. Let's move on to wide receivers, though, Mikey. That's what you want to talk about. The wide receiver to start this week, you know what? James Jones of the Packers didn't find the end zone last week, and one of our favorite players, Jordy, has been held out a couple of days. So I said, watch the inactive reports. If Jordy's out, Jones is a must-start. You have to take a look down at the roster a little bit. I said Donald Driver, maybe even Jermichael Finley this this week. And, and and I'm really disappointed with Finley. He was drafted in the top tier of tight ends this year. But since week six, he's grabbed a mere four catches on six targets for 45 yards. But if Jordy is out, all your Packers have to be at play this week against the Jags. They're in the bottom half of the league against the pass. Another guy I like as a sleeper, Mike, I like Brandon Stokely to get his share. Bingo. Uh, Thank and, you. In that shootout against uh, New Orleans, what is that over-under? 55-and-a-half, I think, man. That's going to be a passing shootout. So definitely put all your Broncos in and all your Saints. Yeah, you know, I've been following uh, Brandon Stokely for about the last four weeks. Uh, You know, as a matter of fact, I picked him up in the local league about uh, three weeks ago, and they're like, Brandon Stokely, I mean, what are you doing with this cat? And I'm like, let me tell you something. Uh, there's chemistry. Whenever there's chemistry between a uh, veteran quarterback and a veteran wide receiver, it never fails, Scott. It never fails. So I, I love Stokely in that matchup. You know, I'm. Uh, I think I'm coming down with a little, uh, little something here. It's, it's getting kind of rough. We're gonna take a quick timeout. Uh, get a get a little uh, a, <clears throat> a drink here. We'll be right back with the rest of the benches and the rest of the week eight games. We'll be right back. after winning the title last year, but what? how, how does it feel to, to look up at the tail end of the bird's ass like that up in the rankings and just be like, oh, man, I'm down here at number three? How does that feel? Uh, well, you know what? I, 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 I've got to pull it out. knew you were going to bring me to that point, but I have to pull it out. Damn, I wish they could play some SEC teams. Oh, SEC teams? <laughs> oh, Funny, huh? That's a funny, funny one. Funny, huh? What, what, what is it, seven straight national championships? 
Oh, that's a funny one, Mike. Oh, wide real. receivers. Wide receivers, who to bench? We have to look at uh, wide receivers, who to bench this week. Obviously, uh, if there's somebody out there that, you know, you have on your team and you've been putting them in, but maybe this is a good week to bench them. I tell you what, at this point, can anybody start Deshaun Jackson with confidence? I know you're a D-Jack guy, Mike, but look, the matchup is extremely tough facing off against the Atlanta secondary. They give up the least, the fifth least points to wide receivers this year. And I know most who drafted Deshaun drafted him to be an every week starter, but only one touchdown on the year through six games. It's a huge disappointment so far. He gets eight looks per game every week, but he's just not doing much with them, averaging just over 16 yards per catch. It's the lowest in his career, Mike. And this week, to me, there are so many other options in this high-scoring week. I look at a Devery Henderson for the Saints who could be without their star tight end, Jimmy Graham, or even an Emmanuel Sanders for the Steelers facing off against the league's worst against wideouts in the Redskins. So what do you think about that? Devery Henderson and Emmanuel Sanders both over Deshaun Jackson of the Eagles. Okay, that's, uh, that's real simple. Uh, who did I say earlier to start at quarterback? Michael Vick. I'm starting D-Jacks. <clears throat> The reason uh, I, I really believe this Philly team at home is uh, they're going to bust out, uh, and Michael Vick is going to have a big game. And who's going to be uh, on the other side of it? I, I think D-Jack will be. You know, I, I was looking at Denarius Moore, for instance, uh, for Oakland. I really like uh, his chances to uh, bust out again. Uh, Lance Moore, you know. But uh, when I'm looking at I mean, I really like Michael Vick, and I like uh, D-Jax. Uh, I like that combo this week. <laughs> we have the crew here, the chat room here at Red vs. Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. KO crew, Kirk Osborne, plus D-Jack may recover a Vick fumble for a TD, too. <laughs> so, Good. there you go. We uh, It is a Skrillex kind of night here at Red vs. Blue. Happy Halloween uh, Eve weekend here for the uh, Red vs. Blue listeners. Be safe out there. Check the candy. Have fun with the kids. We do celebrate Halloween here at the Red versus Blue household. Mikey, a defense that you might want to – I know you're not a big defense guy, but I always like to look ahead. A sleeper defense that I targeted this week was the San Diego Superchargers. Their matchup this week is against the Browns on the road. However, the Chargers are coming off a bye week, and this is their chance next week they get the Chiefs at home so you can get two starts out of them. That's pretty rare when you get a defense. You can get two starts, plus they have Sharice Wright. Their cornerback also has a chance to suit up after missing the entire season with that sprained ankle suffered on the season's opening kickoff. Mike, I know you're not a big fan of the defense, but how's that been for you in the Kentucky League where defense is so important? What are we talking about? Defense? Yeah, we're talking. We're really talking about defense, defense, man. Come on, man, it's just defense. Well, you, you oh, Alan, sorry, that was Alan Iverson. You get, Alan, get out of here! Iverson. Get out of here! Uh, no, <laughs> we're talking about defense, man. Uh, Scott, I don't want to talk about defense. I'm gonna pull up Team K Wood here. Team K Wood, there we go. Team K Wood has 32 points already in the Kentucky League. You had Mike Williams get started on you. Ouch, 18.8 points. But you had Adrian Peterson, 18.7. Connor Barth, 13.8. Ooh, nice job, Mike. A couple of two starts there. That was a pretty fun uh, fun Thursday night game for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we we got off to a nice start. Uh, the thing is, is, you know, after Peterson broke off that 63-yard run, uh, they got behind and just – just didn't get the carries. I mean, you know, what, 16 carries, I believe, and, you know, that's going to make it kind of tough. But uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, he's been a, kind of a uh, – it was a risk-reward type thing. We took him in Kentucky. We also took him to Vegas uh, in uh, FFPC uh, League at the main event, and uh, he's uh, he's worked out well. So uh, Adrian Peterson's been a top-end running back that it's kind of gone under the radar. What what league, what division are you in in uh, the Kentucky League? Uh, black. You're in Team Black. Okay, there you are right there. You scored 155 last week. And uh, 
Oh, you could have had 157, but your Jets got you minus two. Man, yeah. you're getting you're getting killed on your defensive picks, man. You picked the uh, Jets. Here we go. <laughs> you picked the Jets. See, here's the thing, Mike. You say I don't care about a defense. You started the defense that played the New England Patriots, and in the Kentucky League, you lose points for points scored. See, you're, you're not paying any attention. You're losing valuable points and leaving it right there on the table when you could have had a, an offense. Anybody, but not you never put the defense in against the Patriots. Not in the, not in a scoring system like this. What are you doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? What do you mean? We never put hey, – you never know what's going to happen. All it takes is a punt return or a kickoff return. I mean, is the Patriots special teams that good? You going to tell me that the Patriots special team is that good? It doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots special team, Mike. It has to do with the rules in Kentucky, and you lose points for – Points allowed and yards allowed, and that's why you have negative points out of your defense when every point is so valuable in this thing, man. Look, you are fighting for points every single week. You cannot play right. a, a good offensive team. You will lose points for your defense every time you man. do that. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, saw, I saw Minnesota. Minnesota scored 20, 20, 20. What did they get last night? How many did they get last night? How many points did Minnesota defense get last night? Uh, probably got a negative number in uh, in Kentucky. Exactly. So, I mean, how how much uh, stock can you put into defenses? I can't do it. I, somebody's going to have to tell me and show me that on a week-to-week basis that you can have X defense. You can have the such-and-such defense, and they're going to be solid, and they're going to be that good or – I, I just can't. I, I don't do defenses, man. <laughs> have you been watching the Bears play this year, Bob? The Bears? Have I watched? I've watched three football games all year. All right. Well, point taken. But the Bears are the number <laughs> one defense in the league by a wide margin in the Kentucky scoring format because they don't allow points. So I don't care about the turnovers and all the this and the that. And, and you mentioned something about your or the other team's special teams or whatever. I, I totally, you totally lost me. But the Bears do not allow a lot of points. And so that is a very favorable situation in a league like Kentucky. It's a very, uh, it's a very uh, point-heavy type of production out of the defensive scoring position. So I got, I got the Giants, and I'm just going to hang tight with them because they have a very good points allowed in the league. And you know, I would take a San Fran or a Houston. And look, I go to the scoring system, number one, Bears, number two, Texans, number three, Niners, number four, Cardinals. Not very hard to figure out, man. Those teams, are they, they hold them down. So very interesting uh, that you, you need to be paying attention to that, Mike. i got to tell you, you you're, you're some points down here. You got you, you, This race is not over. you got 919 points right now, and you're trying to get up into that 1,000 mark there this, you know, get up to the 1,000, maybe 1,100 this week with a nice 180 week. You need every point you can get, especially I agree with that. I mean, you know, I'm in I'm in a situation in Kentucky, and as I'm looking at it, where uh, I I have to have points because I don't think I'm going to win on record. Uh, that's yeah. that's the way it looks right now. Uh, so I wouldn't need points, but I'm sorry, I I'm not going to put that much. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody in the chat room, everybody in the chat room, if you are looking at Mikey or you're listening on the podcast, listen, he works on Sundays. He puts in a hard – he loves to golf on Saturdays and Fridays. He takes those days off. He decides to work on Sunday. He'd rather have a – but, uh, you know, he would uh, – if you know if he had a chance, he would be watching those games, but he does work <laughs> Sunday and Monday. Hey, let, me, let, me tell you, let, let me tell you something, Scott. I'm getting ready. I'll be off uh, a week from this Sunday – uh, I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen uh, at the KFC Yum Center, and then uh, the following day I'm going to be off. And you know, I told Rachel and some friends of mine today, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm going to be off on Sunday and watch football. And they they gave me the craziest look, like, well, why wouldn't you be watching football? I'm like, let me tell you something. You don't realize when you work on Sunday, and you work on Mondays, and you work on Thursdays. You don't realize how much fun it is to be able to watch football on a Sunday. Hot free agents this week, Mikey. Uh, obviously, were Rashad Jennings, uh, Cecil Short. He led the team in snaps, 38 to 36, over Justin Black. 
10 to 4 in targets too. Look, Blackman, that experiment is not working out as a as a rookie in the National Football League. And I feel real sorry for all the people that I saw in Las Vegas, the high stakes guys. Some of them were taking Blackman over Reggie Wayne, trying to hit lightning in a bottle there. So feel very that, but it is nice to see this Cecil Shorts kid continue to produce. Ryan Broyles was another hot free agent. Definitely yep. a player in Oklahoma's system before he went down to injury. He now joins the Detroit Lions. Nate Burleson injury without Titus Young has needs to step up. He has been very inconsistent this year, Mike. That's the problem with Titus Young. You don't know which kid is going to show up, the Boise State superstar or the overpaid uh, NFL second-year guy. It hasn't been a, a good year for Titus Young, but he does get a tremendous opportunity. I personally – like Ryan Broyles more the rest of the way. If you gave me a choice, Titus Young or Ryan Broyles, I take Broyles. Who do you take? You know, it's, I've been watching Titus Young uh, ever since I drafted him in a dynasty league. It just seems like that he's kind of just totally falling out of favor. Uh, apparently, he's not doing things in practice uh, that needs to be done. Uh, and when it's his turn, when he gets the, that target uh, come Sunday, uh, he's not doing that thing either. I mean, he's not getting it done there. So, you know, you got to almost go with Broyles. I mean, either way, I, I don't think you can win a whole lot, but uh, it's just it, it's been frustrating being a Titus Young uh, uh, owner of a dynasty league. It's been very frustrating. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Just interacting with the crew here at the chat room. Sorry for the delay. Uh, another free agent that I saw picked up, Mikey, and it's somebody that I have picked up uh, in a couple of leagues over the last couple of weeks, Vincent Brown of Chargers, eligible to return next week at home against the Chiefs. Remember, in the preseason, they were calling Vincent Brown their best wide receiver, so very anxious to see what Vincent Brown adds to that dimension in that offense that has been really anemic. Uh, Meacham has not been the guy they expected, except in that one Saints game. He did get open a couple of times and burn them, but any, everybody burns the Saints. That's why you play all of the Denver uh, Broncos this week, and Peyton Manning is going to have a field day. Tony Scheffler was another hot free agent. It's another sneaky play, too, with Burleson and Calvin both dinged up. Remember, Calvin didn't practice with that knee injury on Thursday. He returned to limited practice. Be very careful. Uh, Tony Scheffler does line up in the and, and starts the game, and he lines up in the slot. So you could see a little bit more Scheffler. And, and again, in tight end leagues like the FFPC, it's definitely a, a value uh, there for Scheffler. If you're a Stephen Ridley owner, you were a little discouraged last week when Shane Vereen got the start. Bill Belichick pulls another fast one on all the fantasy owners and starts Shane Vereen in it, and he carried the ball too. He he, he carried it very well. Look. He, uh, let's see, finally got his opportunity last week with the Jets in his first career start. I, I tell you, I, I was a ticked-off Ridley owner, but that's eight carries, 49 yards. That's 6.1 yards a carry for the math major, Mikey. And Belichick many, said his uh, time on the field is more about him being healthy, not about injuries. What do you think about Shane Vereen and Stephen Ridley being in a timeshare now in New England? Well, Scott, I brought this up, uh, gosh, a couple of years ago, systems. Systems make players. I truly believe that. And it, and it's the same way with uh, Ridley and uh, Vereen. I mean, are those two guys talent-wise that different? Is Ridley and Vereen talent-wise, are they really that different? It just, it's all about a system. Belichick felt like that. Marine was going to be the guy that day, so he plugged him in. What happened? He succeeded. Would Ridley have done the same thing? Absolutely, he would have. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not touching that when it comes to system guys. Which uh, Belichick, he's a system guy. I'm not touching that situation. There are again a lot of shootouts this week. I mentioned it at the start of the show. It should be uh, all about the shootouts. Jerome Simpson, another guy that I saw was a hot free agent, and he did finally, finally make some catches. I was about ready to say, you know what, time to give up on this guy because they've been wanting to throw it deep down the field to him, and it hadn't been working. And then all of a sudden last night, it started to work. He made a couple of nice catches. 
Chris Cooley was a guy I saw picked up. Logan Paulson is actually the starter, Mike. Logan Paulson, the starting tight in Washington. So, you know, look, Cooley was not signed because they were happy with what they had in Fred Davis, Logan Paulson, and Niles Paul. And so you have to believe that that hasn't changed. They did bring in Cooley, but Logan Paulson, again, he gets the start this week, so I wouldn't expect for a Chris Cooley resurrection just yet. What are your thoughts on Chris Cooley? I don't I don't expect Chris Cooley to do a whole lot. Matter of fact, uh, that's my pick of the week is uh, Pittsburgh giving up four and a half. That's Chris, four and a half. Pittsburgh is going to annihilate these guys. I will be shocked if uh, – oh, here I go. Open up my mouth again. I shouldn't do this, but I'll be shocked if uh, Washington scores more than uh, 14 points. I really will. Um, Pittsburgh is on a mission. They're going to – they're really going to get things done against Washington, and they're going to score a lot of points doing it. So I, I do not like anything uh, that has to do with Washington right now. We are going to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> change this draft league, Mike, on Fantasy Feud to a salary cap league. I'm going to go ahead and send out the invites after the show. Sometime on Saturday, uh, you guys, or up to Sunday morning, you guys will be able to set and fill your salary cap lineup and we'll, do, we'll, all go, we'll all just try that format out since they did have a few bugs in their software. Uh, he sent me an email earlier apologizing. They had some developmental changes, and they forgot to put a couple of key pieces in, namely namely the time that you can start the draft as well as the time per pick were two of the main issues that we weren't able to include this week. So apologize about that, but we will go ahead and get a salary cap going. Fantasy QB, Dominic Laferriere. Uh, dominated last week, and uh, he was the top point scorer. Mikey, did you make the money? You did, didn't you? Yeah, I finished second. Uh, I, I, I knew Please I couldn't. Uh, I knew I couldn't catch Dominate, but uh, you know I had a pretty good team. Uh, you know Peterson and some guys uh, kind of contributed, so uh, wasn't one too bad. One too bad. Finished second, uh, pocketed thirty six out of uh, eleven bucks. So it's it's fun to play. So. Uh, I'll let uh, I'll let Bobby know that it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a salary cap. That that sounds fine, Scott. Yeah, Bob has actually been in the chat room all night tonight, so he said he was uh, he's good to go for that. Good. We saw Hardesty was picked up, and uh, you know he is practicing for Trent Richardson, but will he be effective? Very uh, concerning for all of us Trent Richardson owners. And then also, Mike, this might be the week. Uh, remember, on Wednesday on your waivers, this might be the week to put a dollar bid on a Beanie Wells, a Daniel Thomas, a Lamar Miller, anybody that's out there floating around like that. Any of those handcuffs, those second and third stringers. I mean, look, we're seeing it right now. We have a, a Jonathan Dwyer and a Philip Tanner possibly starting, and a Vic Ballard starting in the National Football League in Week Eight. So. Don't be afraid to put those dollar bids down because if an injury happens, those guys could be starters and and they end up going for three, four, five hundred dollars that next week after the injury because people are so desperate at running back. So again, Very that's good. why that's why I don't have any room on my team for a guy like a Greg Jennings. There's no reason to sit, especially with that situation about how they spread the ball around the emergence of Randall Cobb. Eric, I'm gonna say it. Drop Greg Jennings. You heard it here from me, and uh, you know what? Call your buddies, call your friends, Alex, Dave, all of them. They'll call you to drop Greg Jennings. Well, you know that that's a very good point that you brought up, Scott, about uh, going ahead and uh, maybe uh, spending a buck or two on Daniel Thomas, uh, because come week eleven, twelve, let's face it, that's the end. I mean, we're coming at the end of the fantasy football season, so that's that's the time that you may need him. We saw the Tampa Bay and Minnesota game. It definitely surprised quite a few of us. Rudolph disappointed a lot of us uh, again. Yep, Kyle Rudolph has been a disappointment. I like this San Diego and Cleveland. It's a good matchup, like I said, for the for the Chargers defense. Uh, as for Cleveland, they give up the second most points to wide receivers. So remember, Mike, this is one of those shutout days. Malcolm Floyd and Robert Meacham make great starts this week against Cleveland, so don't be afraid to put the San Diego wide receivers into your arsenal if you've been sitting on them and you have a bye week here. This is the type of week to go ahead and get those in to your lineup. The Miami and Jets game, Mike, I don't know what to make of this thing from a fantasy perspective. I really don't understand what the Jets are going to do. Is this going to be the Sanchez that we 
Sanchez that we've seen for most of the year. My feeling, my gut as a Jets fan tells me it's going to be the, re- the the Mark Sanchez of old, not the one we saw last week that looked actually really great until that fumble at the end. So I, I, I would have to say that, that Stephen Hill, Jeremy Curley are only desperation starts. I do like Dustin Keller this oh. week. Very, very nice to see him back in action. And he's always been, you know, kind of the fallback safety valve. And he's an athletic tight end at that. So I wouldn't be afraid of Dustin Keller. I would be afraid and desperately afraid of Sean Green. And uh, then you throw in on the other side of the ball, you throw in Reggie Bush. You even start a Fasano if you're very desperate. Uh, but I don't know what you could expect from a Hartline this week, and and I don't know what you can expect from Tannehill. So what do you make of that game, Mike? Yeah, well, uh, that game right there are the reasons that I work on Sundays. I mean, this game could be three to two. That's how bad it's going to be. Uh, I mean, all joking aside, I really don't. Uh, I, there's no fantasy options there. Uh, I I disagree with you. I think Curly could be an option. Uh, Jeremy Curley, he really he lights it up when uh, him and Sanchez are, uh, you know, when when they're clicking. But uh, as far as the game itself, uh, that's the reason I work Sunday. We talked about Atlanta and Philly again. That's going to be a shootout. Put all of your Atlanta Falcons in there and uh, put your Eagles in there, except for Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Washington at Pittsburgh, Mike. Redskins give up the, the most to wide receivers. So, obviously, Antonio Brown, obviously, Mike Wallace, and even and Heath Miller, and maybe even Emmanuel Sanders, like I brought up earlier. I think those are all good plays this week, even with those hideous uniforms we're going to see, Mike. Have you seen those things? I even sent the link to Tommy Yates, who's looking forward to those uniforms. I can't believe it. <laughs> the, oh, they're so ugly. They are. They are freaking ugly. I mean, it's that bad. But, uh, yeah, I commented on this game just a couple minutes ago. Uh, I don't think it's going to be – I really don't think it's going to be a game. They're going to shut down RG3. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to win the game uh, handily, in my opinion. Definitely. It's uh, it's 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 uh, a situation where Atlanta has uh, has had a great season. Philadelphia, they're already talking about taking uh, taking offers – for Michael Vick. I don't know where he's going to end up this year. I also heard a, an, an interesting report on this Carolina-Chicago game, Mike, that the Carolina Panthers are looking to feature Jonathan Stewart, and they're taking all offers, all offers from all teams for D'Angelo Williams. So I'm trying to think to myself, who would be a good fit for D'Angelo Williams? And as I look at the fantasy landscape, <laughs> you don't, you're not not a big DeMarco Murray fan, huh? Uh, he's fragile. He's fragile. I mean, the whole the whole backfield's fragile. What if you added D'Angelo Williams to a team like the Denver Broncos, who have Willis McGahey, but at the same time, isn't you know, is this the last we've seen? Will does Willis McGahey have another couple of years? He looks good. He looks strong. He looks like he's able to handle his own. But what if you added a D'Angelo Williams to a Peyton Manning offense? How scary would that be? That would be scary. That that would be scary. Uh, what if you added uh, D'Angelo Williams to uh, New Orleans and gave him uh, three years, three-year contract type deal? How scary would yeah. they be come next year when things are in order? Yeah, well, they already drafted a Mark Ingram. They have running backs on their team. It's just not the type of situation, I don't think, for uh, D'Angelo Williams to flourish in. They you know, they already have their team. Their team is all about uh, Drew Brees and then the the type of player like Darren Sproles. I'm looking for somebody to be a chain mover. Uh, somebody, you know, like the New York Jets. They, you know, they, the they, Jets? they have yeah. a Sean Green right now and has no explosion. You put D-Will back there with that line with some explosion. That's what I was going to say. How about the Jets? Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be something uh, to, to watch right there. Then we have a great the game. Up. San Francisco at Arizona on Monday night, Mike. Uh, this is a game where Arizona, this will be their biggest game of the year. It's Monday night football. You have <clears throat> Larry Fitzgerald and Andre Roberts on one side of the ball. You don't really know what the hyphen is going to do. LaRod Stevens howling against San Fran. Not much you one would expect. Who do you like in that game to win the game outright, San Fran or Arizona? I like San Fran to win the game outright. Uh, but, you know, the spread of seven. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I'll, I'm going to take Arizona in the points because 
Arizona plays well. They play well at home. Uh, and, you know, they didn't start off the season that good because they weren't that good. So, I mean, they obviously have a purpose. So, uh, I, I think San Francisco wins the game, but I really think it's going to be a close one. All right, Mikey. Well, look, it's been a, a fantastic time here on Red vs. Blue. We will go ahead and get the salary cap challenge invites sent out for everybody. Look for those first thing in the morning when you wake up. You'll be able to put your team in, get that thing started, and we will uh, we'll keep the stakes the same. Hopefully we can get another crack at Fantasy QB. If you haven't checked him out on Twitter, definitely do that. Eric Balkman, Co-Tracks in the chat room as well. Orman, KO Crew, Kirk Osborne, Sports Betting Man, Lance Turbs, uh, it's a great crew, as always. Jim Struble, thank you for being here. Wasp guy, as always, as well. Open field ahead, thank you for being on Red vs. Blue. Mikey, good luck Thanks. to you in Kentucky and FFPC, the Legends League and the Hyperactives, the PDFFL, all the leagues that we're in together. Yep. And uh, we will see you guys next Friday night, bright and early, 11 o'clock Eastern, Red vs. Blue. I'm going to send everybody off with a little Skrillex. Enjoy.
to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.